high kings and queens. This is still sharp and still. Well, okay. Queens, this is the still sharp and still show a place where black excellence meet black mediocrity. Listen, family, it's your boy, Mr. Lovers Love. You know the vibes. If you didn't do it already, please hit that subscribe button. You know, whatever you take from us, you learn and you grow with it. Whatever we take from you, you learn and we grow with it as well. All right? Like, comment, and share, guys. Today, we have our beloved guest, Chi-Chi, and she's from the court, her own podcast. She's doing a lot of things on her end. Um, definitely would love for her to introduce herself, and we're going to start this topic. Talk about it. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Oh, my God. This is so weird. I'm usually the person that is, like introducing other people. I'm never the person introduced, but hey, <laughs> I'm Chi-Chi. Um, I do have my own podcast called The Court, where I talk about issues pertaining to young Black women and Black girls, just trying to make all of our voices heard in the best way possible, trying to create a safe space for all Black girls and Black women, and like especially with all... Wait, can I curse? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> Especially with all like the shit that's going on in the world, like I just I like to have a space where I can just talk to people and have conversations with amazing women that are doing amazing things within media and the arts and stuff like that, and just hear about their stories and like you know, allowing my listeners to have multiple people to relate to, including myself. So, and I'm happy to be, happy to be here. I've been trying to be here since you guys started. She's <laughs> oh, no, so now, and we got to get there as well. Absolutely. But um, Definitely. Uh, theme song, by the way, I don't know if you heard it, the rap, she was getting gangster. Yeah, I'm like, all right. I'm sure it's over here, man. I'm bumping. All right. Oh my God, I'm happy y'all love it. Yeah. I didn't think you had that in you at all, G, at all. I'm full of surprises. Like, if you don't like, if you don't grow up with me, you don't know what I have inside of me. Like, that's pretty much how it is. But yeah, the theme song, like, I'm proud of it. My brother's a musician, very, very talented. Like, he had a home studio. So, like, I asked him, like, can you help me, like, make the music for this? And I just, like, wrote, I just wrote and wrapped it. Everything else, like, he did the mixing. He did, like, the little, like, do, 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 like, background noises and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, how's, how's bro, first and foremost? My brother, he's good. He's at Berkeley, the Berkeley School of Music. Amazing. So he's doing, he's doing amazing. He's doing big things. Um, I'm proud of him. That's good. That's black excellence on all levels. Um, just with today, we're gonna talk about um, what are some things that black people need to normalize. And I definitely want to start off the topic because it's very sensitive. It may tickle a lot of people. So um, just be open minded and just value our opinion for all three of us. And um, I just want to first start off thinking about when you think about black people, I feel like we need to normalize therapy. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts? Oh, a thousand percent. I think every black person should go to therapy at least once in their life at some point, especially when you reach an adult age, because like, obviously not everyone goes through the most traumatic things in the world. But at the end of the day, like if you grew up in America, you saw some shit, you you experienced some shit. Like there's racist shit that I experienced when I was freaking six seven years old in places where i never thought i could experience it and like you know things like with my childhood things with like friends i had growing up but there's so many things that are still impacting me to this day and the fact that it's still impacting me and it happened so long ago and you you can't always go to your friends with all your shit either because like sometimes it's like the blind leading the blind like i'll go to my friends and i'll tell them what's going on like They'll give me their input. They'll give me their opinion. But like, none of us are licensed professionals. None of we're all the same age. None of us are really any wiser than the other. So it's important to like, you know, talk to a therapist. Not to like, obviously, eliminate your problems. Because therapists don't do that. But at least with therapy, you're able to really face your problems and work on ways to just work through them and like get better with them. Now, I applaud you for for having that perspective on having a therapy, you know what I'm saying? Like going to a going 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 to a therapy, going to having having a therapist and whatnot. I applaud you for looking like that. Because at the end of the day, we all all the same. We all going through the same thing, going going through the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So it would be better for us to go to somebody who 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 will be better able to give us that advice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I applaud you for looking at for looking at, at it like that. More power to you, absolutely. Yeah, of course. I'm in therapy myself. That's good. The best thing I ever did. You know what's crazy? I definitely wanted to um to to try out therapy. I definitely suggested it to my moms. I ain't gonna lie, back when I was in high school, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? 
you know, you know, you know, when you're younger, you know what I'm saying, you go, you're going through your adolescence and, and, and you and you transition into your to your middle, your middle, your middle teens and then your your, your middle adulthoods and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like so of course you 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 that transition it it, it definitely is it, it comes with a lot. You know what I'm saying? So and to each his own, everybody have their own baggages, you know what I'm saying? So I I, mm-hmm. I, I respect what you said. It, it, it's tough bringing it to your friends. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely tough bringing it to your friends. So I definitely wanted to go to therapy. Granted, I didn't go. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, I didn't go. <laughs> but how has therapy been working out for you so far? If you utilize that, I'm not sure if you ever did it. You know, I do. I do. I I first started when I was um a sophomore in college. I was 19. And then I stopped for a little bit because uh the one, the pandemic hit, and two, I studied abroad like the year after. So I wasn't really able to actually go into the office. But I got back on it this year and it's helped me just make a lot of sense of a lot of things. It's really helped me, you know, work on like work on um things that trigger me, recognizing my triggers. Um it's taught me how to like deal with sadness and deal with like anger and deal with sometimes depression and dealing with laziness and dealing with all the things that could physically and mentally impact you when you're going through shit and you know one thing I always used to do I like when I was sad when I was mad like I would do everything I can to like ignore that feeling like I would distract myself with different hobbies activities going out um doing everything I can to distract it but at the end of each day I still had to live with that like annoying ass feeling of like oh like this fog of sadness I want to get out but at least with therapy like I'm able to see beneath beneath through that fog and like know that like everything is better like everything is in weight like sometimes it's up sometimes it's down but like you have to just learn how to ride that wave out and just be okay and keep it pushing I have a question and you spoke about um just avoiding things. And I feel like when it comes to this therapy, you have to face your problems. So would you say going to therapy besides the beneficial values that you got from it, did it make you fearless in terms of like being brave and being transparent and communicating openly? Like talk about that, you know, mama. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have always felt fearless. <laughs> I can't lie. I really have. Um, I've always been, I never really had an issue with like expressing my emotion. Like y'all were talking about my theme song like earlier. Like I write in general, I write everything. I write songs, I write poetry, I write rap sometimes. I've been writing since I'm a little girl. It's just to, like, cause it helps me. I was a dancer growing up. Like anything creative, anything in the arts, like any place where I could physically, emotionally express myself, I never had an issue with that. But the issue is, you're expressing yourself, you're feeling through all this emotion, but you're not really always getting better. And like, I noticed like the more I wrote about the things that made me sad, the more I was reliving the things that was making me sad. And I wasn't really facing myself. And I think it made me more feel in the sense of like learning how to call myself out. Because one thing I always used to do with a lot of my issues was blame the other party. Like, it's your fault. You broke my heart. You did this, you did that. And I'm not saying it wasn't all their fault. 95% of the time, it was mainly their fault, but I also had some fault in it. I acted a way that allowed these people to think that their behavior was okay. So it's like me, like learning how to just be a better advocate for myself and me learning how to like call myself out and say, she, you're bugging, Mm. stop, (laughs) get it together. I feel like at the um. Just to bring it back a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because, girl, you sounded like me over there. <laughs> you sounded like me over there. Yeah, Gigi gangster. That, like, was, that was wild. I, I, <laughs> humbly speaking, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do recall avoiding things, you know what I'm saying? You know, we all, we all, we all, we all, we all have that tendency to want to avoid things. At the same time, I want to applaud you for going through the process, you know what I'm saying? To to want to grow yourself, you know what I'm saying? To want to hold, your, hold yourself accountable. You know what I'm saying? So I applaud you for that at the same time. And I could only imagine how it felt, you know what I'm saying, as you was going through the process and, and you didn't feel like you wasn't getting enough. You know what I'm saying? I know, I, I know where you I know where you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I just wanna I wanna switch it a little bit and just ask you like as far as um just courtesy. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know having some courtesy can help you with just with your own self by helping somebody else. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to ask you, like, in your perspective, you know what I'm saying? If somebody is unable to, like, reciprocate a, a sign of good faith, you know what I'm saying? Um, What is the ideal reason that you feel they lack that, that well-being for others? I think it's, I always think it's something within themselves, whether it's an insecurity, whether it's they have their own issue that they're facing, because I can't lie, like, People have hurt me, but I've also hurt people mm-hmm. and not meaning to not like, I'm not trying to hurt anyone with malintent, but sometimes I'm going through shit and other people I care about could be collateral damage to that. Like one little thing that I always, I don't really reach out to people as much as I should. Like my people know I love them, but at the same time, like, oh, my God sister called me and she was saying like, she, you gotta call me more. Like, and I was telling her about like how I've been upset, how I was like going through it. I was really going through it at that time. And she was like, she just, why don't you call me? Like, I don't get why you don't like just call me, reach out to me. And then I realized like I spent, because I was going through my own shit, I was low key excluding everyone around me because I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was so like, no one could help me. I didn't want to exert that energy trying to tell people what was going on and like get that half-assed help. I didn't have the energy energy to do that anymore. So yeah, when it comes to people like, you know, not acting in the best faith or acting in bad faith, like I don't believe people are bad people. I just think that people have demons that they need to battle on their own and like hurt people, hurt people. That saying is so cliche, but it's so fucking true. Like if you're not good with yourself, you're going to hurt people that don't deserve to be hurt at all. That's facts. That's facts. The cliches be facts. And again, <laughs> I applaud you. I applaud you, girl. You know what I'm saying? Chichi, I applaud you for um for, for taking that 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 route and, and understanding that when you hurt, you know what I'm saying, like you're not you're not really too good for others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In that moment, like in that moment, you're not really too good for others until you 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 get yourself out of that. You get what I'm saying? But I really wanted mm-hmm. to ask you. Um, just a, just a backtrack a little bit. When you in that moment, are you able to talk to your therapist, or you're not able to talk to your therapist? I force myself to. She's the only one that can help. Yeah, that's real. Like it's like it's it's hard. Like I remember my, the first day of therapy. Like I I don't think I got a full set and sound that day without like break like bursting into tears. Honestly, it was and like she was she's a black woman, so she it was lit. Like I talk to her like I'm talking to my friends, but it's really nice to have her. She's a great therapist. Um, but yeah, like it's hard, but like I'm trying to get help for myself and I'm not talking to anyone else around me about it. If I have a therapist, I that's that's like telling the doctor what's wrong. If you like hurt your leg and you didn't tell anyone about it, tell your doctor. Yeah. You know, if you busted your tooth and you don't want to tell any about anybody about it, tell your dentist. Like, and if you're not okay and you have no one to talk to about it, and you're lucky enough to have a therapist, tell your therapist because they are their whole purpose is to help you and to help you and guide you through that healing process. And that healing process is not easy. It's not black and white. It's hard. It's annoying. It's frustrating, but it's possible. You know. You spoke about um, earlier, like with your friends, about openly, openly uh, communicating. Would you agree? Because you know, like when it comes to Black people, we don't have that much access to like therapy and the resources that we have. But I think that we, we should utilize them when we do have the opportunity. Um, but for those people that don't have that that resource or those accesses, um, would you agree that talking to your friend could be considered a therapy or? any creation that for example you said you you do rap you do poetry you do so many different things right with that being said um do you feel like that's like a former therapy so my question is two questions would you feel like your friends could be considered therapy yeah growing like because when i was younger like i didn't have access to therapy like i'm nigerian my parents weren't going to take me to therapy they weren't going to sign me up for therapy um so when I was younger and I was going through stuff, my friends were my therapist and I was my friend's therapist. Like we would just, obviously we didn't have all the answers, but we would just try to like let each other know that like we weren't, none of us were alone with anything we were going through. And like my friend group, like loved them. Like I like, I was blessed with the best friends in the entire world. Like, and I will put everything on that. And 
the things I've been through, like they're the only people that have seen like all of me, good, bad, the ugly, and I'm, they will still ride for me to this day. Like, and I will do the same for them. So they were, um, they were my therapist at one point and I was their therapist. And like that's sometimes, that's, if you have friends that are like that, then you yeah, can exactly. use that too, yeah. yeah. It kind of goes back to not to cut you off, but like every listener needs a listener, you know? And it's okay to listen to your friends, your mom, or it could be somebody even younger. Like my little brother said something to me about growth the other day. And it's just like, I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's very important. I've been learning from my little siblings all the time. Like all all the time. Like they're, like obviously they look up to me, but like I look up to all of them because I I think they're a lot more, in tune yeah. with like their emotions, their feelings, what's going on. Like my brothers be giving me all types of advice, which I love my sisters. I just watch them and I just see how they act. And I'm like, I'm just happy that all, like the three of you like love yourselves as you are and that's it. Like I'm happy no one has made you guys feel like less than the way that people have made me feel less yeah. than at that age. No, I mean, yeah, I tell people all the time, you gotta, you gotta grow through it rather than go through it. And um, you were speaking, we were both speaking about like receiving things from people around us. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about, this is kind of like 360, but like normalizing, breaking like family trauma, you know? Cause I feel like that generation of our brothers and sisters, they're openly communicating rather than us, not even us, the, the generations that come before us, we are really closed minded. We got, we're stuck in our ways. We are afraid to change and don't communicate as we're supposed to. So mm-hmm. do you feel like we should normalize as black people, like family, trauma, like all the things that we are born into, it comes from something that happened in our past, right or right? Mm-hmm. So how, does, how, you, how you feel about that? I think, yeah, I think, yeah, because family trauma is probably like, it's a deep trauma. That's your family. You're connected to that forever. And like, there's some shit that I saw growing up that I'll never forget. There's things that I heard growing up that I'll never forget that I always wanted answers to but I couldn't get them because everything's always so hush hush like you know like don't ask don't tell like I used to be like in the car when I was little pretending to sleep and I once I started hearing my mom and like an aunt talking about some family drama or like um my parents talking about some family drama I would listen in to like know what was going on like my biggest my biggest issue was how come I'm never in the loop with what's going on like why is everything kept such a secret kept so hush hush but you know one thing I've noticed like as I've gotten older my family and I like we actually spend a lot more time talking to each other and I'm actually starting to like get to know my parents as people like getting to know my mother as a woman and my dad as a man that's period that's good period at the end of the day relationship the relationship is is very important you know what I'm saying you always want to have a uh, you always want to build and and create that that positive, you know what I'm saying, relationship. So just to do 360 real quick, because um I feel like courtesy, it it, it really it really um goes a long way. You get what I'm saying? So like would you agree like having or showing others a sign, like a sign a, a sign of kindness can create positive vibes, you know what I'm saying? Like unleashing or or developing mutual outcomes mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's mm-hmm. going back to what and forgive me for 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 extending the, the question but <laughs> going back to going back to what Jai was saying like with the family trauma like if you was able to just show our family a little bit more kindness you know what i'm saying just show them some kindness and and and, and just help them understand like yo you good we here for you maybe mm-hmm. it wouldn't be too hard for, for 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 everybody to be closed in i mean not to be closed in but to be open more you know what I'm saying? It probably yeah. wouldn't be too hard for the for the for, for the the older heads to be open. You get what I'm saying? And I think with that, not to cut both you guys off, but to do anything is communicating. That's, for you, for for that person to be like, you know, we got you in your corner, you have to communicate. And I feel like that's something that black people need to normalize. Like you see a lot of these other races, they have interventions and conversations with their family on a normal. Mm-hmm. Like us mm-hmm. black people, like. I'm not saying every household. That's why I said this this topic could be very sensitive. But I know growing up, I didn't explain everything that was going on in my life. Like a kid won't tell a parent everything that's going on in their life because they not they're not looking at that parent as a as a person. Like how you said, they're looking at them as a parent. Mm-hmm. So I think just the first form of anything for therapy, 
this way anything is just communicating 100 percent 100 period but just a real fact like how do you feel about that yeah like, as far as like communicating and like obviously extending that common courtesy that kindness to your family is so essential because like yes they're your family yes they're not going anywhere but like there's still people at the end of the day like you should extend that kindness extend that like i may not know everything that's going on but i'm here and just know that and honestly like i've i think once like 18 19 hit for me i started just having more conversations like that with my mom and my dad like just figuring out who they were before having me and allowing it to help me make sense of why they are the way they are and like through every conversation i learned so much more about the two of them i learned so much more about their marriage i learned so much more about where they came from how they got to where they are and the way that she started adding up i couldn't even blame them for keeping some things from me because like our parents like as much as like we would like them to open up more we would like them, them to communicate they were they were kids just like us. They probably have some even more trauma, more things that they're going through that has made it hard for them to communicate. And we don't even know because they don't even want to talk about it. So communication is key, but you know, do it with grace. Like you can't force anybody to talk about shit they don't want to talk about. But you can make sure that you are like an you can you can let them know that you're an outlet. Like you're someone that I'm someone you could talk to if you ever want to. No, absolutely. No, I definitely agree. You got any reflection on that? She kind of hit that on the hammer like that. <laughs> I couldn't have said it no better because that's, that's absolute facts. Because at the same time, we all are people. Nobody, like, nobody is no worse or no better. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all go through it. It's levels. Don't get me wrong. It's levels. But we all go through it. So as long as you keep that in mind and you acknowledge the, under, the other individual is also a human being just as much as you are, yeah. you should treat them how you would like to be treated. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, girl, I couldn't say it no better. We're gonna, we're <laughs> gonna definitely, we have so much to speak about when it comes to normalizing things for black people. Um, this part was the section therapy. Um, but I definitely want you, before we go to the next part, um, the next Zoom, I definitely wanna ask you, um, tell the people about the court what you got coming up, next projects. I need to collab. We need to collab as soon as possible. <laughs> Please do. This hair and her just she's she's so incredible. So just talk about um the court. Um and you know, we in your court too. So talk about it. Please let Yo, oh my God. Thank well, first of all, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I mean, the court was like a it was a brainchild from so many different things. But I always I like to talk. I love talking. Like I don't shut up. And, um, you know, I wanted to, I like expressing myself. I like talking about issues. And, like, I just feel like there was a period of time where I was going through, like, um, social media and, like, you know, mad Black girls are going missing. And so many things are happening to Black girls and Black women. And um, no one is saying nothing. No one is doing shit. I think the story that hit me off the edge was, um, God rest her soul, uh, Alexis Crawford who went to Clark Atlanta University, this was scared. She went to police, she went to authorities and told them that she was scared of her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend. Next thing you know, she's missing. Next thing you know, she's dead. And who are the two suspects of her murder? Her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend. Had someone at least taken the girl out of that housing situation, taken the girl out of the building, had someone just listened to her, yeah. she might, might not have passed. Serena Williams, she was blood clotting after giving birth. Had someone not listened to her, we would have lost Serena Williams. Like people don't realize like the neglect that's getting passed, that's been given towards black women and young black girls for so long. It's ridiculous. And, you know, being a, a young black girl that grew up in a predominantly white like area like her entire life, I've seen a lot, I've experienced a lot. And I've grown from it. I laugh at a lot of it now, but that's not saying that a lot of it wasn't good. So, you know, the court came because I wanted to make a platform for girls like me, you know, that have been growing up in this white, male-dominated um, society and, like, just trying to navigate it. And um, I'm a media major. I love media journalism, all that. And I didn't come into college like that. I was pre-med because, like I said, I'm Nigerian. And when you're Nigerian, all you can be is a doctor or a lawyer. 
or an mm-hmm. engineer. <laughs> That's yeah. all you can do. And I come from a family of doctors and nurses. So, and I'm the first person going to college. Well, not first person going to college. Like I'm the first kid, child going to college. Um, first oldest girl in my family. So it was like go to NYU, mm-hmm. study pre med. That's it. And I had to. I convinced myself I liked it, but halfway through my first semester here, I was like, absolutely not. And then made the switch to media and everything made everything just align so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I definitely, so, um, um, like I said, I'm gonna keep applauding you. Like the core is going really, really well. Absolutely. Um, I noticed that you had the recent um, two models on there, so definitely just showing love. You doing your, you doing your thing. And let me ask you, um, where? Let everybody know. What I'm saying where they can find you at. Apple Podcast. Oh, yeah. let, let, let everybody, let the world know because the court is, is just incredible. It's here. Thank you. And once more, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I applaud you as well for illuminating and just, and definitely like being so explicit on, on, on the issues that's going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the, with the, with the, with the black community, it's, it's mainly, yeah. mainly for the, for the, for the female black community. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I applaud you, girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in your corners. You know what I'm saying? B is in your corners. Love is love is in your corners. So like, <laughs> like keep researching, keep definitely like getting your mind right on what's going on and just, I'm saying, get it out there, publish it, get it out there. Cause the more people that, 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 that reads it is the more people that you touch them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what, and that's what it's all about. That message. You know what I'm saying? And just, just to add on really quick before you go into it, Chi, um, what you said was like vibration, like it's full volume. I'm over here catching chills. I'm not even cold. <laughs> but you know, a lot of black women face disadvantage even more. I'm not even gonna say more than the black man, but we all go through it. You know, it's nothing but trials and tribulations. And the fact that you're coming out with a platform shedding light on women that's going through those hardships and being in that corner and just express and being vocal about it is important. Absolutely. So I do um, like I said, tell everybody where to find you at. And also, like, I wanna hear like before we wrap it up for this part of the um, Zoom, like the main goal of the court. Yeah. So, well, one, you can find the court on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, search the court, colon the podcast. Also, I think it's easier to go to the Instagram page at the court underscore underscore. Link is in the bio. Um, if you follow me at double T21, the link is in my bio there. Um, and yeah, the ultimate goal for the court um you know how Issa Rae has like um Hooray, it's like a production her production company. Yeah. Okay. I like in her, from my understanding, like she got like her biggest start from her YouTube series Awkward Black Girl, and um you know from then on Insecure, and now she has a whole production studio. And I'm so into media. I'm all about media. I have an internship with a media company this summer, which I'm excited about. So what I want for the court is to be like. I want the podcast to be a segment of what the court represents. I want it to be a place for every person for what they want to do. If they want to come and write, you write for the newsletter, write for the blog. If you want to be in entertainment, I want to be able to put people onto that. I want to be able to talk to more people on the rise and just like create something. Um, I have a whole like math thing that I <laughs> that's, drew that's up. That's fine. Listen, good. Yeah. Yeah. Draft it out. Draft it out. You know what I'm saying? Because it sounds like you... You 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 trying to create a multifunctional hub. Mm. I mm. love it for black women and black girls. And it's crazy you spoke about the Issa Rae reference because that's one of my motivations in the whole like you know the YouTube and just starting from like the the bottom. And we gonna both do it. And I know you're gonna do it because yeah. the court like that's vibration. <laughs> Listen, that's all it is. You know what I'm saying? Because elevation is key, and we that's that's we and we going up from it's it's only up from here. That's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? One of the one of the things I definitely want to um highlight is luxury. So when you think about just black people in today's society, our temperature, you know, when it when it comes to our rational spending, we not it's not normal. You know, like the black dollar when it comes to black cop capital is crazy. We spend Louis, Gucci, Fendi. I'm not saying those things are wrong, right? Coming from the mud, but I definitely want to speak about luxury things, right? So mm-hmm. I feel so that black people spend outside of their race too much. And I think that it's okay to normalize luxury living. But when it comes to things about like certain businesses, me personally, I agree with um, supporting black owned businesses going that route. 
What are your What are your views on this black people in in in, in the luxury world? If you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I've seen luxury since like I can see things. Like my parents, like they. <laughs> Um, I was before my dad was asking my mom's a nurse and my father's a bougie man. He's the bougiest person I ever met in my entire life. Like just it's bougie, bougie, like flashy, Gucci, Fendi, wears Balenciaga sweaters every day. Like he's just like that. But he likes he likes fashion. He and he's also and he's he's like, old, so yeah, he's not I don't know if he knows about any of the black owned businesses now, but and then my mom another bougie woman but she's like more like subdued bougie so it's like I always knew about luxury items I always had them around me I own I've owned them since I'm 12 years old but one thing my parents did a great job was like and I don't and a lot of parents that like have access to giving their kids this thing don't do you can't just give a child a bougie person call it a day you got to make sure that a kid knows like a lot of time and a lot of effort went into that Gucci bag or that Fendi bag or that whatever for you to be able to have it and own it. And I didn't start like getting gifts of that nature until I was old enough to really understand what work went into it. But then um, now going to like spending too much money outside of black owned companies, I do think that, you know, all these big companies, it's nice to have Chanel, Gucci, that's all good and well, but if there's black owned companies selling luxury items for significantly cheaper prices there's no reason for us to break the bank to get a freaking Gucci bag when a Telfar bag is like so significantly less expensive and just as nice to look at I love them I have one over there I have one in the mail coming I love my Telfars <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but no Going back to my fact, Brian, you got anything to say? Nah, um, hundred percent though. Like at the end of the day, to each his own. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna say I don't own a Gucci belt. You know what I'm saying? I do. However, it's just more so like, um, you don't have to break your pockets to support somebody who's really not. You know what I'm saying? Doing nothing for your community. I'm not really saying that the black owned businesses is really like doing a lot it's for the community. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Why not support your own? You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Every, I, agree. I every, agree. Everybody else is doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got the Caucasians, you got the Jews, you got the Asians. Like, what about the Blacks? You know what I'm saying? Why, why we can't support our own? Like, how that money circulating and figure out a way where we could bring something to the table so now those Black businesses, those Black businesses will want to collaborate with us. You know what I'm saying? And now something bigger could happen. You know what I'm saying? Still a job Yeah, like, people don't think like that. They just want, they, they get paid and then they spend it. I think a and lot of luxury spending and cheeky, um, not the country as well, but I think a lot of our mentality comes from the things that we was put through prior to us. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a form of coping. Like I watched like a, Char- a Charlemagne um breakfast club interview one time. And it's like one way we can deal with our coping is one way we can feel less chain is being like wearing the things that we cope with. For example, like the jewelry, the things that we spend, we cope with the things that we buy. So when it comes to like, I want to ask you personally, when it comes to like Gucci and it's like the luxury things that that's in your culture, what is your view on it? I look at it as a sign of good work. I've always looked at it as that way because that's how it was presented to me. Like my dad wasn't like, he no silver spoon type history whatsoever. My dad grew up in Nigeria with nine other siblings. He knew from a young age he wanted to come to America, came to America at 16, 17 years old, and made a name for himself. So since I know his backstory, when I look at those luxury items, I don't associate it with like, you know, like the flashiness and like, oh my gosh, I have a Gucci belt. It's like I have something that I work that I work very hard for. That's how I see it. And even like when I'm able to make enough money to afford those kinds of things, I'm not just gonna spend that kind of money all willy-nilly. Like I don't wanna do that. Um, so that's what it means to me. But I do think that like a luxurious lifestyle is something that black people definitely need. So to we talk about it, talk about it. Like we spoke about like just the businesses and you know the clothes and that kind of stuff. But when it comes to luxury mm-hmm. living, talk about it. I think it's essential because that's your life. Like one thing that I went to Europe to study abroad, and like one thing that they say in Europe is that like between here and America, like Americans, they live to work 
um, Europeans, they work to live. Like in some European countries, they like literally take a break in the middle of the day and no one does anything. Like siestas, I think that's what they're called. Like lug- to me, luxury life just means like being able to do what you want to do with no, with mm-hmm. unapologetically. Like if you want to go to a day spa, go to that day spa, go to that brunch. Um, buy that facial steamer. I don't know, like whatever. And luxury can mean so many different things, so many different people. I just feel like luxury is, is you living your best life the best way that you can. And not being ashamed for it, being happy that you can do that, just being happy about it. Yeah. It's your leisure time at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like you you want to indulge in the things that, that you, you're interested in. You know what I'm saying? Some people they wanna they wanna buy flashy things. Some people they want to self-care. Some people, you know what I'm saying? Like like, like to each his own. So I agree with you. So just to spin it real fast, like like um, is it fair to say people tend to have expensive and and meaningless spending to 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 satisfy short term expense um expectations? Yeah, I, I I would definitely agree with that. Um, I've done it. I haven't like spent like a bunch on like designer items, but I tend to spent a bunch on a lot of things just to like. Cause it's like it's nice getting new stuff. You know, like you obviously when you get new clothes, you feel brand new and all of that. But it's like that feeling fades, and you're gonna want to keep doing it. And I was just telling my brother, like, just because you have the money for something, does not mean you have to spend money on it. You have to get that thing. Like, you know, be wise with your money. Like, treat your money like your friend. Um, yeah, because then if you if you get into the habit of just like buying things to fulfill like that short term desire to feel something you're going to continue to do it. And then you are going to kind of, you're going to short term feel good into being broke. So definitely like just, I don't, I really wish that um, spending money wasn't looked at as a way to just fulfill a void rather just like do what you want to do and get what you want. No, I think, I think when it comes, it, it, it depends on how you interpret it, interpret luxury. Like you said, it's about doing whatever you want and when you want, but I think to do that, you gotta have money. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I think what black people kind of go back to what you said, we do cope with things and we just try to like make it our reality, you know? And, and we feel good when we get those certain things. Like you told your brother, you know, you don't have to spend that. You know what I'm saying? It comes back to the mentality. And I think that's something that we gotta just grow through. Like it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a work in progress. But when I think about luxury for me, it's kind of like, I think for me, like the most, component of luxury is like living so when you look at black people right we are too accustomed to being poor think about it like we've been through so much like with slavery and like um i hate to start our history with slavery but in terms of just hardship we used to like since slavery bad shit so i think that like i don't know if i had seen a video a while ago and long story short it was a girl in the court funny and she was just basically <laughs> saying that she was saying in the court like you know turn these buildings turn this of um precinct and turn these like these um houses into like luxury living for black people like you know like we so used to just like the projects and and that's just the the conditions we live with we live with but i think that once we have that access i think luxury living should just be equal on all like it should just be just like black people get luxury thing or white people get luxury thing why all people can be luxurious and i think that's just like my biggest thing so what's your thoughts on that I agree. And like, it's so interesting because I, a lot of like my like um, opinions towards money and luxury items, I will say they're from a privileged place because I was able to have access to those things from a young, like from as long as I can remember. Um, so whenever I speak about like luxury, like one thing my mom always said, like, like they always just made everything happen for me. Like no matter how, even coming to the school, like it was expensive as it is, like they always make it happen. And I was coming to college, I ran to people that don't think like that. So for me, when it comes to money, I have to wrap my head around, all right, not everyone comes from the same place I came from. I kind of have a privilege in that sense of being able to look at money a little more lightly and like look at life where like you don't have to suffer you don't have to suffer your entire life like because i feel like black people we've been through some sad shit and like from the history of our people it sucks that i kind of have to start enslaving like it's the best place to start like that was suffer from then we've just suffered and suffered and suffered and suffered and suffered and i think like we have like 
post-traumatic stress disorder. Like we are still like have that in like innate feeling to think that we have to suffer to get through life and we don't. But not everyone's gonna be able to accept that as easily as others because they've been all they know when I think all you know is suffering, it's hard to like see a life where you don't have to, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. Like, uh, like I said, we're going through so much. So when we buy those, un, like those unrealistic things that's not in our budget, it makes us just feel good. Cause you know, we've been through yeah. so much, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, have a, I have family, like little cousins that's in my youth and they rather like, instead of investing into themselves or starting a creation or whatever it is, or I'm gonna buy that BMW, mm-hmm. not register it. And you know what I'm saying? And look luxurious and feel good. Cause it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's just the biggest problem, you know? You got any thoughts, big bro? As far as that, um, yeah, nah, uh, you hit the nail on the, the hammer. I couldn't say it any better, of course, but just to go back a little bit, like, we really suffered, like, tra- traumatically, you know what I'm saying? So, and there's levels to it. I like how you 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 have the the the, the understanding that you, you're able to maneuver with money a little bit more differently mm-hmm. than others, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people, in your position, they probably would have been like, fuck it, I'm about to just splurge. Yeah. But you're able to see like, nah, time and effort was put into this. Granted, I'm privileged, you know what I'm saying? But I should still be more mindful. You know what I'm saying? I like how you look at it. I like how you, you sat your brother down at the same time. You get me? So what I was trying to say is, um, it's levels to this. Like, like black people, a lot of black people, they're on the level of surviving. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's just what it is right now. And if like Nip said, I forgot what song it was, but he said like if you if 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 you're on that level of just surviving, that's all you're thinking about. You know what I'm saying? How you gonna get to the next day? You know what I'm saying? Granted, you may you 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 may spend the money how you spend it, you feel me? But your focus is how you gonna get it to the how you gonna get to the next day and, and make that money back and whatnot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're not really thinking about all right, so how can I use this money, invest it, and you know what I'm saying, up it now. Nah, they're not thinking about that. They just want to, if they want to eat, they're going to eat. If they want to buy this clothes, they want to buy this clothes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To survive. And then that's just really what it is. It goes back to just being a result of post-traumatic slavery, bro. That shit is real. Like, it's, it is. That shit is real, bro, because Chi-Chi way of life, and she was fortunate enough to be fear Nigerian, correct? And, like, your walk of life was totally different from hours and hours different from other people you know what i'm saying so like, i know me personally i was raised on like going downstairs in the building and seeing crackheads hit the hit the pipe you know what i'm saying going to school and seeing blood on the floor and you know that definitely changed my mentality of things but it's kind of like understanding before you react because everybody like go through different walks of life you was privileged but you had that humbleness to be like you know what you should work for that. But I feel like post-traumatic slavery is related to everybody because we all went through it. And the way your family came out of it was successful mm-hmm. differently from other people. 100%. Yeah. And also, like, being around a lot of white people and and being someone, like, being, like, to white people, they think we're so much less than than them. It's ridiculous. I'm like, yo, like, especially from my town. This is all topic, but have you had any personal experience? You don't have to really get too crazy with it, but you have you had any personal experience where like you witnessed that? Of course, racism. Yes. Like my dad used to when I was very very young when we first moved into um our area. We we're the first black family to move into the coldest that I live in. The cops used to follow my dad home from work like for a couple of weeks because they didn't think that black people lived there. Um, but my dad like he's so like it is like it's like you know. He's, I like that he's like this, but it helped me cope with it easier too. We see it more as something's wrong with y'all. Like, unfortunately, this is, this is like how we have to live. But at the same time, like, he didn't steal anything. The house is his, the house is ours. Um, another instance, this was directly towards me. I was maybe eight or nine. I was in dance and this new girl came. Mind you, at this point, I was the only black girl there, but I hadn't had an issue because I was well liked. And this new girl came and like she was being mad standoffish towards me, didn't want to sit next to me in the studio. And one of the other girls was like, how come we don't want to sit next to Chi Chi? This little girl, mind you, she's like five years old. She says, because I don't like dark kids. Oh and I I said, like, you know that meme of the nigga, he's like, 
I said, oh, okay. And that woke me up a lot. I was like, fuck, like, why are they trying to teach us that my, um, Michael Jackson, that <laughs> MLK, <laughs> that MLK ended racism? Like, why are they trying to tell us that because it was a part that didn't get up on her seat, racism is over? No, racism is alive and well and in the faces of Black children every fucking day, whether it's obnoxiously or whether it's subtly, it is there. The microaggressions I had when I was growing up, the things that were talked said about me, the things that were said to my face, you're pretty for a dark girl, you're this, you're that, the fetishization, all that, that lives with me every single day. But do I let it define me? No. To me, it's like something's wrong with y'all white people and y'all need to get it together because I'm not the object of your desire. I'm a person. I'm a, like, just because I'm Black does not mean I'm any less human than you. Stop treating like an object. I'm a human. And yeah, that's how well, I feel about that. That's a fact. That's, a, that's another classic moment for that's that. Um, let me ask you, because I got so much to relate on that before I even go, though. Talk dirty. Me personally, like, I can't even. Nah, you can you reflect anything, bro. Oh. I just feel like. Personally, I can't. I can't even really have bad memory. I'm gonna be honest with you, girl. <laughs> I can't even re- recall like a, a a situation like that for myself. But as far as for you in that moment, you know what I'm saying. I can't even imagine how thrown off you was. You know what I'm saying. So I'm just happy that you're here now and you're able to still stand strong. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? That's what I'm happy for because that was fucked up. That yeah. was real fucked and up. And this you know just to, just to piggyback off what both of you guys said. I'm catching vibration again because when you said that your co- your, your father was followed every single well, couple of weeks home, that's just so degrading. You know what I'm saying? This is just like, damn. And then you spoke about the five-year-old girl that said she don't like dark-skinned people. It kind of just goes back to full circle that everything starts from home. 100%. So with that being said, let's go to household. All right? So there's so many different things that we can speak about our household. Um, I got a I like how you I like how you connected that. You still went from like the courts are still sharp still, but just for <laughs> household, um it's very important to teach your kids at home. I feel like everything starts at home. I think one thing that people need to normalize for black people in a household, I'm gonna start with the I'm gonna start with men, you know what I'm saying? One is to communicate. I think black people need to normalize apologizing. But something far-fetched that has nothing to do with neither, I think it's very important for black men to know how to cook. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, well, yes. 100%, bro. <laughs> you beat like, me on that one. Just, over your head. You beat me on saying? that one. But um, we're going to talk about everything. But let me ask you, Brian, um, Chi-Chi, like, what's the most important thing for the household for you guys? You, we want to start with Chi-Chi first. Ladies first. You know what I'm saying? So sweet. Um. Oh, the most important thing in the household. I mean, I feel like my dad. I'm like my dad's princess, so like I was never. I never had to be too much in the household, but at the same time, I am the oldest girl and I'm the oldest kid. So one thing I wish that we could normalize is not waking your kid up at like ten in the morning on a Saturday afternoon, forcing them out of the bed. Get up! Get up! It's early, ten o'clock. Ah. Uh-uh. Ma, I'm tired. Yeah. I just went through a whole week of school. Relax. Like, yeah. so like, I mean, I think at least in my household, I wish there wasn't as much yelling. My mom's a very um, expressive woman. So she likes to yell a lot. And, you know, I don't, and that could, that can do a lot of wonders on a child. I can't lie. Like, when people yell at me, I, I shut down. Like, I don't wait be known but inside of my fuck like i'm sad now because of how household can have an effect on your life in the future mm-hmm. period i think kindness in the household needs to be normalized and like you know obviously like kids gotta do chores kids gotta help out gotta clean up but like don't be so aggressive about it like hey like, ask them like be polite like obviously respect your parents respect their elders but elders show your kids respect which they're still people at the end of the day and yeah. that way they don't grow up resenting mm-hmm. you and they don't grow up with these like different like traumas and tics that bother them and trigger them that came from the house but you know besides that my dad always my dad and my brothers always took out the garbages they're the ones that shoveled I didn't have to do any of that but then again like my mom's always the one that cooks like my dad can cook for himself my brothers can cook if they need to but 
if someone's it's like a whole meal is gonna be made, my mom is making it and I'm helping her, my sister helping her. So Makes me, sense. I meant to cook because I I would want a man to cook for me. You want, you want your man to cook, right? Period. The fuck, like way much more. I respect that. <laughs> but look, respect before that. you even go crazy, right? This might even <laughs> on our on my notes, but I definitely want to speak about this. So you spoke about like waking up and being yelled at when you get up in the morning, right? That's like annoying, right? That's annoyance. But with me growing up, there's so much different walks of life. Yeah, back yeah. to what I was saying. I feel like black people need to normalize punctuality mm. and, and, and yeah. utilizing their time. Like even though that that probably like, damn, it's too early. I'm tired. But me personally, my grandmother and my mom programmed me to wake up every day at four thirty-five. Not saying that's that's gangster. That's wild. You know what I'm Wait, saying? in the morning? Every since I was like probably like five six every day. Four. What were you doing? Wait, you have to go to school. That was early. school and stuff like that, but. That trans that that was definitely um applicable to my life later because when it came to just like you know getting things out the way you know in the day early that was normal going to college presentations I always was punctual mm -hmm. for me I always carried that punctuality mm -hmm. um so I just wanted to throw that in there about punctuality what are some things you feel like need to be normalized in the household for both of you guys um well she said um you said cooking right you yeah. said cooking I said yeah she really did yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, well, for me personally, I feel like uh, empathy. You know what I'm saying? Like people gotta be like the the family gotta be more understanding. You know what I'm saying? Like like you mm. said, he said, kindness is very important. You know what I'm saying? Just showing that understanding to the to the next um individual, because like you said as well, just to piggyback, like all that loudness, all that aggression, all that like strong tone to the to to, to your peoples is unnecessary. You know what I'm saying? Because now we're going to look at you like, why you got to talk to me like that? Why you, why you talking to me like that? You know what I'm saying? And then it just causes negative, um, it, it just negatively impacts the whole the whole outcome. You know what I'm saying? When, it, when it, the, the individual could have spoke more lighter, you know what I'm saying? Whereas the, the, the recipient could have responded more, you know what I'm saying? Would have been more open to respond. You know what I'm saying? So... I feel like just having some empathy and understanding, like, yo, we're individuals, we're, we're human. Granted, you're the adult, we gotta respect you, but respect me as well. I'm a human. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I definitely, I definitely feel like empathy should should absolutely be normalized in the household. Like we have to understand that we are all human, we all go through it, we're mm -hmm. all we, we 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 have the same 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? Granted, you may go to work, I may go to school. You get what I'm saying? But we got the same 24 hours. Of this. We, we, we bleed the same. Like, come on. So just understand that and we will be good. I think, I think um, also too, you said earlier, like hurt people hurt people, right? And I think um, similar, not the same, but negativity builds negativity. One thing that's very important, I feel like in a household is, is normalizing love. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, the kindness, that's all, they all go on one job a lot, like one equation, but like, that's like one ingredient to just positivity, to yeah. happiness, mm -hmm. you know, to fully secure. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like what helped my, me and my little brother, even myself, I normalized affirmations in the morning. I wasn't raised that way, like go in the mirror and tell yourself you're a king, you know, tell yourself, you know, you're handsome, tell yourself you're going to be great, you can do all things. But mm -hmm. I was able to be that example and teach him. So I think that just normalizing, like I was able to love. So because I had that ingredient to love, yeah, yeah. I felt like it was a it was very needed to teach my little brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it just definitely transcends. So I think love is very important because these I think a lot of women come out of these households so broken. A lot of men too. You know what I'm saying? Like I was raised to like my mom, my father like hug me all the time, a yeah. lot of reassurance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it definitely can affect you. So what's your thoughts about? Cause they can relate to relationships, whether it's together or whether it's our friend thing, but it just on all levels. So what's all your levels? I couldn't agree with you more, and you said it so perfectly. Like it's so important to just normalize love, affection. Like yo, like I love you, bro. Like you look good today. Like this morning I Facetime my mom. It's her birthday, and Happy birthday, Mom! Thing, too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's the reason for all my greatness so shouts to her love her had a great day to her but like the first thing she tells me is 
oh my God, you look so pretty today. Like, that's the first thing I heard from another person this morning. So automatically my day just like, I got to talk to my mom, like I, I just feel better. And also like to add to that, you know, normalizing love and affection, but also like you said, like how you used to talk to your brother and like how it's helped you guys, like talking to your siblings, like just sit down and talk to them. Like me, I have five siblings, five younger siblings, and we're all of different ages, but my two brothers, like we're the closest in age and I have one right behind me. And, you know, growing up, we didn't really talk much because like he went through his like, you know, I don't need, I don't need nobody's face. Like I'm, I'm big and bad, whatever the fuck. And I was like, all right, kid, like, don't talk to me. It's fine. And then like, obviously as we got older, he said like, and he was in a relationship at this point and like, you know, he wasn't being the best guy in that relationship. And he was saying like, how can I like, you know, really truly understand the women I date if I don't understand the woman in my own house? Right. And like he was saying that like, he wants, he, from, and from that point on, I saw him make more of an effort to get to know me as a person, get to know like my understanding of things and to actually listen to me. And I did the same for him. And like growing up, I always felt like he like didn't like me. I thought we weren't like, I just didn't think he liked me. And I was also kind of jealous of him growing up because I was cool. But he was cool. Like, when you're a tall black kid in a white town, everybody loves you. And he also played basketball. It's it's like, it's so annoyingly stereotypical, but, like, he, Collins, my brother, had fan love from from forever. And I have fan love, too, but it's not as significant. So, and I was, but I was always very, very smart, and he wasn't the best in school. So when we were talking the other day, we realized that growing up, we both were a little jealous of each other because we both had something that we wanted from each other. I wanted his popularity. He wanted my brain. And honestly, it took us having those conversations to really understand each other and to really just not be mad at each other for just being what we were when we were younger. And just it helped us move forward so much more. Like we talk all the time. He's always asking for money. But it's fine. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you. Um, I, matter of fact, do you got anything to re- to reflect on that? Oh uh, no, no. Yeah. I definitely want to ask you. Um, when it comes to your brother, right? Mm-hmm. Tell the people like, how do you approach it? Like, you know, like I think black people need to normalize open conversations, which you have done with your brother. You drop that mm-hmm. pride down. You've been transparent. That's how you connect with people. All for vulnerability. Um, what was your approach? Like, I feel like a lot of people need to know different ways to go. Because I feel like me going to my brother, I didn't know. It was weird, you know? But we Mm -hmm. need to master, you know, weird conversations. But go ahead, though. Yeah, I mean, the whole pride thing, like, laying down my pride. Because, like, obviously, we both contributed to us, like, not talking. Like, he just didn't talk to me. And I was always angry at him for doing, like, because he used to wild and bug the fuck out for no reason. So I was always angry at him for doing that. So we both smoke weed. Most really like we never smoked together, I, but I <laughs> I knew that he smoked and he knew that I smoked. So one day I had to pick him up from somewhere and um I said, "Yo, do you want to smoke?" And he was like, "Okay." And then I basically said, "Like I'm sorry for not being the best the best sister that I could be." And I and because back to the whole like communication, I didn't I didn't think he probably didn't see me as an outlet as someone to talk to, like someone that would actually be there for me. He just saw me as his big sister, and like. I had to like humanize myself and let them know like listen like I'm your sister but I'm still like I'm your friend like I'm here like you don't have to come to me with everything but just know that you can and everything is going to be okay yeah and and I and he said thank you in his very nonchalant nigga fucking way but he said thank <laughs> you <laughs> and, not to cut you um yeah. it kind of goes back to what you said about um empathy yeah and it kind of correlates mm-hmm. I think black people need to know normalize apologizing. You went there, you dropped your pride, you said, I'm sorry, bro. Like that shit could melt so much trauma in the black household when it comes to these families. Like, say I'm sorry, but a lot of people be stuck in their ways, that's you know true. what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why we got the court, mm-hmm. we got these podcasts out. Mm-hmm. Nah, seriously, like just to just to be vocal and, and, and tell it what it is because open conversations is very important. Like not even just your podcast, but a lot of all podcasts, like we need to be able to listen and every listener needs a listener. So That's it. I definitely agree with just that. Um, Ultimately, we just like the whole, we just displaying black excellence. You know what I'm saying? Cause 
if you if you don't get it out, you don't let the people know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Be, how you gonna be able to display your excellence? How are we gonna be able to 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 um tap in with your excellence? You know what I'm right saying? On. Understand where where you coming from? You gotta you gotta display it so that the people can understand it. So we just displaying black excellence. That's it. That's the bottom line. And the court is definitely black excellence. Um, times right now. Before we go straight forward and wrap this up, once again, let everybody know where to find you at. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram. One more time before we get out of here. Let and then we'll just conclude everything, love it. Yes. So my Instagram for the court is at the court underscore underscore. And I'm on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The easiest way is just to click, click the link in my bio and just go straight there and the links are right there. Um, but if you're just searching, just search the court, the podcast, and you'll find everything that so I've done. Have it, guys. Definitely. Still sharp still. We out of here, y'all. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm.